Grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied unto you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text chosen for our meditation, as I say, was written or was read in our gospel lesson from Luke chapter 2. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, fellow redeemed, it's 40 days after Christmas. 40 days for those gifts that we gave to be forgotten. 40 days for bills really to sink in that are still on our credit card. And less than 40 days for the New Year's weight loss endeavors to be either successful or given up. Today's gospel brings us back to in time a bit. Today's gospel has kind of a Christmas flow. A Christmas flavor as Jesus here, as a baby being carried in the arms of Mary as they make their way to the temple. At Christmas, we expect big things. Not so today. If you looked at the secular calendar, well, first of all, this weekend, yesterday was Groundhog's Day. For those who care about the weather and how much more winter, which we don't, but North does, the people in the North do. Or today, the Super Bowl for football fans. That's about it. Yet today, as a big thing happens, 40 days after Christmas, everything changes when Jesus comes to the temple for us. It's 40 days after Christmas. And in keeping with the Torah, Mary and Joseph have brought their 40-day-old Jesus to the temple to present him to the Lord. Big things happened on this day. A man waiting probably in, into very old age for the promise that the Holy Spirit gave to him to be fulfilled, Simeon. His life will be changed today forever. And we didn't read about her in our gospel lesson, but an 84-year-old widow spent her life in the temple worshiping and fasting and praying night after night after night and day. Her name is Anna. For her, her life will be changed forever. So for you and for me, and for every Christian man, woman, and child, everything will change because of this day. First, there are the parents, Mary and Joseph. They don't look like much when they walk into that temple that day. And they forget that the picture of that holy family is always, we see, photoshopped to make them look somehow magical or mysterious or larger than life. But they were just poor peasant folk. We know that because of the offering they had to be there for that day because the lit in the book of Leviticus called for a lamb to be sacrificed at the presentation of the firstborn, along with a pigeon or a dove. But if you couldn't afford a lamb, many couldn't, then a pair of turtle doves or a pair of young pigeons. That was the situation for Mary and Joseph. They were poor folk. Likely you wouldn't have noticed them among the crowd coming to the temple if you had been there on that day. 
But Mary and Joseph were like many other parents on their way to the temple. And when you ask parents what they wish for in their child, the answer is always something like happiness, health, a long life, and maybe that their child would grow up in the faith, maybe that their child would be a good person, Mary, very often parents also express their fears about their kids, the hope that they would be safe from harm, that they won't get into drugs or alcohol or casual sex, or they hope they won't be corrupted by what they see on TV. They pray that their child will never be sent off for, to war. What parents are really saying in all of this is the hope that their children will not break their hearts. They do want the best for their children, but it's also about their own feelings, their hopes, their dreams. They don't want to have their own parental hearts broken. What do these parents, Mary and Joseph, hear about Jesus as they come into the temple that day? They hear Simeon's prophetic word, behold, this child is appointed for the rising and falling of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that the thoughts of so many hearts will be revealed. Though Mary and Joseph may appear to be nobodies, the son they carry to that temple that day will turn the world upside down. And so he won't have our version of happiness. And he will lose his health for the world's sake. And so his earthly life won't be a long one, we know, for 33 years. And those in the faith will consider him to be outside of it. He won't be safe from harm. He will hang out with the alcohol abusers, the prostitutes, the tax collectors, and he will be sent off to war against nothing less than sin, death, the devil, and hell. He will bring about the rising and falling of many in Israel, and Jesus will bring about that fall and rising of the whole world. He is the stumbling stone. Scripture says those who are offended by him, those who reject his love, those who want the world to stay its old, broken, hurtful self will fall before him. But the lowly, the meek, the sufferers, the sinful, the repentant, the hopeless, the lost, the lonely, the world-weary will rise up by him. Simeon was one of them. He was a man on a mission, always looking, always searching, always living on the promised hope that he would not die, and sometime and somehow, some way, he would see the face of the Lord. He would not have peace until he saw the Lord's Christ in his very own eyes. That peace gave him a song that we still sing today. Lord, now let us thou thy servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation. And someday we are going to sing that song perfectly and forever because of the Christ child being presented in the temple this day. And then there was Anna. She was one of the world-weary ones. 
In her 84 years, she had seen it all, including the death of her husband, perhaps maybe one or more of her children. She lived in a time when her country was occupied by the Roman soldiers. Political corruption was rampant, led by the rulers who just came and went, bleeding the people. And there was unfair taxation and fell heavily upon the poor. And even the temple where she took refuge, there were greedy priests and faithless teachers. And yet, in the midst of all of this, or on the edges, was here Anna, faithful, loyal, fasting, praying, waited until this day, until this child came to the temple. And coming up, at that hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak to him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Israel. Like those crazy shepherds we heard in Bethlehem 40 days ago, Anna could not stop speaking of God's great love and mercy in this child who would change the world. This child is the one who changes the world. And this is how he does it. He fulfills the law on our behalf. Every last detail of all that God commanded and demanded is completed in him. And for this reason, he was brought to the temple. Mary came to the temple for purification according to the law of Moses. Yes, God had declared that a woman giving birth to to her firstborn had to offer a sacrifice, but this sacrifice wasn't required to pay for some sin in the mother or because of childbirth itself had some type of guilt. Instead, it reminded that the sin of Adam and Eve, original sin, was always being passed down to the next generation. There was no escaping it. There was no escaping anymore that someone could make it into this world without being born. And sin always requires a sacrifice. And see, though, there was one exception. One entered entered this world by, by birth without inheriting sin. And this very child was without sin because no father passed it down to him. As we say in the Apostles' Creed, conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. And that was God's perfect plan, so that Christ could fulfill the law for those who could enter the world, who had to enter the world thoroughly corrupted in sin. And that means you, and that means me. Mary's purification was a picture of the purification that we all needed. Without it, we would be lost forever. Jesus' presentation is, present, is presented in the temple as our substitute that we would be purified. In those minutes, or in those moments when we feel like Anna, world-weary, as if everything around us is out of control, We can cling to faith as she did, to the promise that God is not only ruling the universe, but is very present with us right where we are, in our little piece of the world, right here in Castleberry. And when he may be our only comfort, he is then our closest to comfort. And like Simeon, 
Our eyes are ever open to see him in the worst of times, even in Jesus' weakness here, the 40-day-old baby, we see our salvation. In our weakness, when we are helpless as a baby, we have the Lord's salvation. The light of the world does not come like a lightning bolt, but as a tender light of Mary's little son. It's true, he didn't stay little. But here already we see Jesus, that little baby. We see what he has come to do. Not only to keep all of the law perfectly in your place, but he also provides the payment, the atonement, the redemption price that all covers your sin and mine so that you can come to his place. Mary and Joseph could not afford a lamb to sacrifice. But there is more here than their poverty. That lamb that they could not afford, that lamb really, the true lamb, was cradled in her arms. As John the Baptist pointed out a couple of weeks ago, Jesus is that lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. That sacrifice, the final sacrifice, will not be made until the Lord returns to the temple again, only to be cast out, pierced, and nailed to the tree outside of Jerusalem, outside the temple, for us, for our forgiveness. And he will fall in the pains of death, into the sorrow of the burial, for us, but then he will rise for us so that we, as we prayed in our con- at our collect today, we may be presented to God with a pure and clean heart. This is who we are because of this day today, 40 days after Christmas, and our salvation is growing and showing. We are now Simeon, ready to depart in peace, We are now Anna, willing to speak to one another what we feel and love in our hearts, what God has done. We are Mary, a sword pierced in our hearts until the day our eyes are open for good to see the Lord's salvation, to look on the light of the world, to rejoice in the Lamb of God, to dwell forever in his peace. Amen.